Good morning, friends and family and new friends that I might make along this journey of mine. I am just sitting here on a Tuesday morning. It is 844. I am sitting in my, well, rather standing in my kitchen and I'm drinking my coffee and I am just really relishing in uh, the fact that I'm here and I have made it and the Lord has just managed to just one more day uh, give me something to, to rise up and and be thankful for. And there's my alarm and be proud of and just um, and, and be grateful. I uh, as I if you listen to my first recording, which is kind of just an introduction, because let me preface all of this by saying I'll back up. I'll preface all this by saying that I'm doing these uh, little podcasts right now for myself. Um, I am having my Job experience in such a way, and I am working on trying to find a better me and and understanding more about what the Lord is really wanting me to do and, and just really trying my level best to seek his face in a re- for a response. And I am uh, going through lots and lots of challenges, but I tell you what, people, I want you to understand something. If you don't hear anything else I say, if you never make it past this one minute and 42 seconds, uh, that uh, of this recording, I want you to understand that beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord will meet you at your need. I cannot explain to you enough how God has just constantly and consistently stayed with me through the most desolate times of my life um, as an adult woman. Uh, Even just these last three months have been a whirlwind of uh, frustration and anger and soul searching and not knowing what the next day brings. But the Bible does say, you know, take no thought for tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. You need to concentrate on those things and pray on those things. Uh, that are the here and the now and continue to just give all praises to God and in all things. And I really, truly can't express that enough. Whatever you're going through right now, I'm telling you, I don't care what it is, whatever it is, if your child has died, if your husband, your wife has fallen ill, if your bills aren't Uh, being paid, if you can't see your way out, let me tell you right now that God will provide for you. You just have to seek him. You have to turn in that direction. You can't allow the enemy to ever get in and tell you that God has left you because lo, he will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. That scripture alone just means that there is nothing you can do that God would turn his back on you when you diligently seek him. You are a child of his. I don't care how long you have been out of the realm of Christ. I don't care how many days you haven't prayed. The Lord wants to hear from you. And I think truly that as I, you know, do these recordings and I just want to minister to myself and and teach myself. I had started off 
you know, trying to, as, you know, just I'll, again, I'll back up. I'm, I'm an educator to my heart. I love teaching. I love facilitating. Um, I love uh, problem solving. And I, you know, I started this recording, you know, thinking, Hey, I'll just, you know, I, the Lord has really laid the book of Job on my heart. And I've just really been trying to dive into it for the last month or so and really get a better understanding of what it was uh, that, that the Lord wanted us to see in this book of Job that has an unknown author. And we're really not even sure who Job was at the end of the day. You know, there are schools of thought that say he was an Israelite. There's schools of thought that are just not sure who, who he was, but that the author of this book wanted uh, it to be, you know, canonized so that we understood that at this appointed time, God God called on on this man or God showed us this man who was very human, who was uh, sinless if you will he wasn't the christ but he was he was perfect in the eyes of god and he was upright is what the bible uh, considers him to be and he still suffered more than i think i've ever suffered in my 47 years of living Job suffered in ways that I don't want to fathom. He lost all seven of his children. He lost his land. He lost his servants. He even his wife even took mentally ill in the sense that she told him to curse God and die. And we don't really hear. And I've got to dive into that a little more. And if anybody listening to this recording is more learned than I, and I'm hoping and praying that that is uh, the case with anybody listening to this recording, because I love to learn from others, help me understand what happened to Job's wife after she told him to go ahead and curse God and 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 die in that first in that second chapter of Job when she says to him then said his wife unto him dost thou still retain thine integrity curse God and die we don't really hear much we don't hear anything i think from Job's wife after that because uh, there is uh, schools of thought, again, uh, reading more along in the Bible, that the devil kept her alive because she was, uh, she was a tool for what the devil was trying to do. Because remember, the devil needed permission to tempt Job. He needed permission to get, uh, to try to get Job, Job to curse God, right? And the Lord knew he would never do that because he understood that Job was a man who had heard about God and decided that this was who he was going to serve for his remaining days. He didn't but but what I do uh, come to realize, too, which was just fascinating to me as I continued to kind of dive uh, again a little deeper into this text, that Job had never truly experienced God. Now, some things that the the again the the the, the school the the school of thinking and the the author uh, never ever really defines actually of why the righteous suffer. I know we walk along uh, every day of our lives and we see things that just give us, you know, just that are grievous to us. Right. We see people who are starving. We see people who lose their babies and we see individuals on our you know, timelines and, and in our Instagram feeds who are just truly suffering. I can't tell you how many 
uh, women. I am in a, a member of several Facebook groups that um, have a bunch of wives and women who are wanting to be wives. Um, and I see so many posts, so many posts from women who are literally screaming out for help, you know, saying that they want to kill themselves and they've thought about suicide. And, and I know that in that moment, um, we take the time to, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we judge them uh, accordingly. We look at their profiles and we see uh, how they're kind of living their lives or and we try to assess uh, for ourselves if they're worthy of our of our gentle and genteel advice when truly we have forgotten who we were and where we were lifted out of. And who am I to judge anybody going through anything just because I might make a little more money at my job or just because I might drive a nicer car or live in a nicer house or maybe just because I'm not online every day showing my hind parts and uh, and, and, and showing other men, you know, this part and that part of me for attention. Maybe, I, you know, maybe I'll get to to judge them. Uh, rightfully, because I don't do those things wrong. You can't do though. You, you can't judge anybody. You don't have the right. And that is one thing that I am really understanding and liking about, uh, you, you know, the learning I'm getting from the book of Job is that Job was upright and he was a man after God's own heart. Uh, and, and he was, he was good. Job was a he, he was a good man, but Satan had a, a, a theory about Job. And this was something that I thought fascinating as well, is that in the first book of Job, in the first chapter, the devil comes to Satan. I'm sorry. The devil comes with the angels before God. He's right there with them. They didn't say he snuck in or it didn't say he, uh, you know, uh, bribed his way into the door. He was there. He was going to and he was going fro to and fro in the earth, to, you know, just seeing what he could do and what he couldn't do. That is Satan was there. And in that first chapter and in, in chapters, uh, I'm sorry, verse seven. Uh, it says, and the Lord said unto Satan, where did you come from? The Lord knew where he came from. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down. And do you know what that means? That means that he was everywhere. He is looking for something to devour. And you know what God did in verse eight? The Lord said, hast thou not thought about my servant Job, he there there is none like him in the earth. He is perfect and upright. He fears God. You know, I like the Lord so much because he talks about himself in the third person. And I just I just love that as a writer. You have to know that um, I'm a writer and, and, and I love it when I see, you know, other other writers and other just scholarly individuals just speak about themselves in the third person. And, and the word of God is no different because the Lord says he is a man that fears God. He didn't say he fears me. He said he fears God and he he shuns evil. 
And then and then in 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 his in his wisdom, right? In Satan's wisdom, he says, um, yeah, but does Job fear you for nothing? And we know where we know where Satan is going with this. Satan is essentially telling God the only reason that Job doesn't or the, the only reason that Job does fear you is because you protect him. You place a hedge of protection around him. He, you've given him everything. You've blessed him abundantly. Of course, he's going to uh, to, to, to fear you because he's a, he's scared of losing that. And I understand it. I understood something about this, too, in, in the devil's response to this is that he was right. Job had not experienced who God was and is, I'm sorry, just is. Job had, was, was upright. He was blessed. He, he, everything he had, he had. So he had never truly experienced a down moment. It seems it doesn't seem that, you know, certainly some of his crops may not have come in or, you know, his children, even, even though his children were out there doing their thing in the world, Job himself still prayed. He's, he stood in the, the, the he stood in the, the gap for his kids. Um, so that tells me that Job understood and that he played a pentacle role in the spiritual, uh, in the spiritual uplifting of his own children, even though they did not, even though they sinned, he understood that as a man of his house, that it was his job to protect his family uh, spiritually, to protect his family with the covenant of God. And, and he did that by when, you know, whenever his kids went out and did their thing, he stood it again, he stood in the gap for them and prayed for them. And he prayed for them for days and, you know, and, and asked the Lord to, to bless them and forgive them for, for what they did. And how does that sound familiar? That's the Lord. That's Jesus Christ dying for us, coming into the world and dying for us, standing in the gap for us. So while we don't know what the authors were really uh trying to say with this text and when we're, we're when we're asking ourselves why the righteous suffer I really believe that the Lord is just showing us what Jesus is getting ready to do he is giving us a precursor into the future he's showing us that hey I have already shown you what a man can do can if this man can be perfect and upright and fear me what do you think my son will do and, and, and if this man can stand in the gap for his children and still be blessed and still get every reap all of the rewards that I've given unto him, because Job understood that God is the only reason that he has what he has, because see, when he lo- when he started losing stuff. And that's still in the first chapter. He started losing stuff. The 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 Job started. Uh, he 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 was speaking, and he says to himself, uh, "The good Lord giveth, and the good Lord hath taken away." That was in the first chapter. In verse twenty one, he says, "And said." This is Job. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord took away. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor did he accuse God with his foolishness like his wife did in the second chapter. That's God for you. I do believe that the Lord is showing us that man can live justly. Man can live free from sin. And this is what they need to do uh when when they do when something does come upon them or fall upon them i truly believe that job is an ex- he is an example of who we can be and who we should be when we are trying to really walk in the in 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 the footsteps of the father and I, again i just i love this text i um every i've been just re i've got it open on my counter and uh, I've been on, I'll just take you back a little to, to me. I won't reveal everything uh, up front. You know, I've been on uh, leave from my job since January um, involuntarily, uh, but the Lord has still kept me. Uh, my friends have not left me. My family has been there. My bills have been paid. My health has not uh, gone by the wayside. The Lord has kept me. Even the things that I need in order to feel like a woman, you know, getting my nails done and my hair done. The God has made it possible for those things to continue, even though I'm going through this, this valley, this storm. And on my journey over the past uh, three months, I've I've found a new church home and I haven't uh, joined a church since I've been here in, 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 in Atlanta. And I've been here for six years and I have been wanting to um, but never allowed myself to sit long enough under uh, under a, a pastor to 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 truly align my heart with with that congregation and that ministry. But I found one um, in Revealed Life uh, with Pastor uh, Rick and and Pastor Duchess Carter. They are a beautiful people. I love this church. Everybody there is. It's just wonderful and loving, and they remember you. My son was in the hospital. He's still in the hospital, and they put me on the prayer line, and I get in service on Sunday, and a woman, I, I God forgive me, I forgot her name, but she didn't, she didn't forget mine. She looked at me, and I saw her every Sunday that I've gone to church, and I'm not good with names. I tell people that all the time. I never forget your face, but I just might forget your name, so just keep reminding me until it's just imprinted in my heart. It's not, uh, it is, it's not a heart thing. It is a mind thing. But she remembered my name, and she remembered my son's name, and she said, I'm praying for you. And I can't tell you what that meant for me uh, because I sat in my car on my way uh, when I got to the church. I had missed um, um, uh, Sunday school, and, and so I'm just sitting in my, my car, and, and the devil is telling me to turn around. And, and I didn't, I, I, wanted, I pressed my way out. I, I got to be honest, I didn't, my heart wasn't there like I wanted it to be. But I knew I had to be in God's house. I knew I had to hear the word. You ever, you ever done something 
and you know, you're not feeling it, you know, but you know that if you're around other people that are feeling it, see, that's the kind of person I am. I'm the kind of person that if I'm feeling bad, I need to get around people who are feeling good, not so that I can make them feel worse, but so that I can, in my own silence, I can just absorb some of that energy, some of that love, some of that substance, whatever it is that they have making them feel good. That's not going to kill me because see, there's some kinds of feel goods that you don't want to be absorbed in. And I'm always very careful because I've been there and done that too. So I knew that if I could just get to the house of God, that I would, that, that something would happen and something happened. I just, I just love the Lord and pastor cookie preached and She's the co-pastor and uh, this woman is so beautiful. I mean, she is just beautiful inside and out. Her spirit just gives you, her spirit gives you energy. When I tell you that this church is filled with life and talent and love and, you know, our, the, the motto of our church is we celebrate, you know, God and we celebrate you and I love you and people don't hesitate to tell you and you feel it. There, you know, deliver me from a church with empty, vain sayings when I come through the door just so that you can get my check and, and, and I can leave and I can say I've done my due diligence for the day. The Lord don't need that. The Lord needs people who are going to relish in him and, and enjoy him and love him and love each other. Because if you can't love the people sitting next to you, how can you love a God that you've never seen? And that's scripture, people. I don't know which one it is. I'm getting there. But I but but that's scripture view the the Lord is very clear in the New Testament. How how can you love me if you can't even love your neighbor? So my 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 want, my desire is to see people in a loving way and not be jaded by those people who come to me as wolves in sheep's clothing, which is, you know, not I, I dare to say that Job's friends uh, did that because I think they were, they too were acting out of their own, uh, unwillful ignorance. I think they, they thought they knew something like Job thought he knew something about God. And so they delivered their assessment of why Job was going through what he was going through. I tell you, the book of Job just reads like one long poem. Uh, and it's just a, an exchange of a, a, a conversation. It's almost like you're sitting down and I can just really, you know, uh, put myself in Job's situation right now. You know, when I got out of the jailhouse and, and if, you know, my one friend was there, but it, it, in the situation where I would put myself, you know, where I'm liking myself to Job, imagine that all of my friends were there and I don't have very many. I will say that I keep my circle small for, for a very strategic reason, but say my circle of friends, as is Job's case, were around me when I got out of jail. And they said to me, hey, you know, we're going to sit here with you. And, and mind you, Job's friends sat with him in silence for a week in our time. So my friends are going to sit next to me and comfort me because see, I've lost everything. I lost my freedom. I lost my job. I lost my home and my marriage and I'm losing things. And, and they're just going to sit and comfort me because they know they understood that in that moment, I didn't need advice. I needed the comfort of my friends and the love and the en engagement of their presence. That's what I needed 
for seven days and, and they gave it to me. Imagine they gave it to me for seven days. And, 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 and then in that seven days, can you imagine the kind of things that might have been going through my head? We tell ourselves stories. We tell ourselves lots and lots and lots of stories, especially as men and women of God. We, when we're going through things, you know, uh, we look back over our lives. But we, the one thing we don't do is what Job has done. Because, see, Job was completely innocent. He was right to think these things. But what we don't do is we don't go back over our lives and say, Lord, you know, I know I uh, stole those pencils from work the other week. And am I paying for that? Uh, Lord, am I, am I paying because um, I cussed that uh, lady out at the cash register because uh, she messed up my money? Um, and Lord, am I being? We don't think those things. We, we immediately think that it's something that the world has done wrong. God, what are you doing to me? What are you, you know, why is this happening? We automatically think that we are uh, sinless and that these things shouldn't, shouldn't be happening to us because we are children of the king. And Job's first response when he got out of his, uh, when, when that silence ended, he broke the silence. He, he broke the silence on the seventh day uh, and, and pretty much. He just began to curse everything, his day, the day, the day he was born. And I had to giggle a little bit because uh, in, in verse in, in chapter three, verse verse, let me see, it's verse eight, chapter three, verse eight. Job says, let them curse it that curse the day who are who are ready to raise up their morning. He said. And so essentially what Job was saying is I want people who already curse the day to curse the day that I was born. Because that's how terrible this is. Job at this point has lost his wife. We don't know what happened to her. We, we just know that her last words were curse God and die. The Bible doesn't really say what happened to Job's wife. And I'm just going to have to get into that and, and get that prayer uh, and that meditation in my spirit so we can have a conversation about the role that wives play when their husbands are going through things. Hallelujah. Do you hear me? Um, cause we do play a role. Uh, let me just uh, put that out there for future recordings. Um, my time is drawing nice that I would not, uh, I did not want this to go over 30 minutes, um, because I could be here talking about this all day. Um, but the Job, when Job opens his mouth, he again, just curses the day he was born. Never once does, does he curse God in all of his speeches. He never, ever shuns God or curses God. He just, uh, at some point, Job just starts to uh, just really say that, hey, God did this. He can do whatever he wants. And apparently, you know, even though I've done nothing wrong, apparently God just sees fit to take away everything that I have because just, you know, that's just who he is, you know, and there's some schools of thought and there's, you know, there's scripture to, to back it up that Job just really began to think that God might be taking some pleasure in, uh, in, in, in destroying God and in, in destroying Job in this way. But even then Job does not curse God as the, as Satan would have wanted him to do. And, and so why then should we not suffer the same types of things in our lives. I will say this, and this is something that I will 
talk about more as I again dive into the book of Job because I'm not finished with it. There's so this is so rich. Um, the Bible is just I don't care what you believe. The Bible is filled with richness of life. And I promise you, it reads, you know, once you really just start to dive into the authors of the books and the, the, the times in which they were put into print and, and where they came from, because see, Job was thought to have predated Moses, but only was written in the time of Moses. Okay. So, you know, there's just so much history, rich history that we just don't understand. And and when you're trying to get an understanding of a text, it really does help to, to look at it from all perspectives, not just what you're reading. Um, that's why they, you know, you, you, whenever I tell, whenever people and the, the, you know, the internet is filled with this every time we see a meme or a post, you know, about, about something, uh, and we just kind of, uh, put all of our guns behind it and, and we don't really know the story. I'm always asking people, I need context. People will hear that from me all the time. I don't believe everything that I see in writing. I need context. So that's what the Lord tells us to do. We are charged as children uh, of God to, to study, to show ourselves approved, uh, a, a workman. Uh, and let me say, I don't know the scripture. You know, uh, I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying. But, you know, y'all, y'all know what I'm saying. Those Bible scholars know, you know, r- rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, and that rightly dividing means that you are not just looking at what you're reading, but you're understanding that every word meant something because nothing in this richness is an accident. Okay, I am uh, 60 seconds out here. And again, I just wanted to uh, just wrap this up with, you know, if you're going through something right now, questioning God about why you're suffering is not going to get you out of that thing any quicker. What we need to do is, and this is a message for me, I told you before that I'm preaching life unto myself. And I just want to to share with other others who might be going through something similar or even worse, that if you just praise God through your suffering, if you just work with him, if you just listen to him, if you just continue to bless him, the Lord will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. He is going to bless you and he is going to meet you at your need. And and that is my time. And I love you. And if you're listening, I plead the blood of Jesus over your life. And I thank you for just sharing the last 30 minutes of your time and day with me. Godspeed. See you next time.